Hey everybody, this is uh, TJ. I just wanted to jump in real quick and say thanks for tuning in and listening to the Game of Thrones recap and review for Season 8, Episode 5. And to say, sorry, we skipped Season 8, Episode 4. Um, we thought we could get it up, and then we thought we could get it up late, and I posted that, and uh, we couldn't do either. And with four of us, usually we can catch that kind of thing, but it just couldn't happen last week. And that's going to happen sometimes, as we all have you know, very small, unimportant lives outside of the podcast. But uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, <clears throat> we'll try not to skip the last two episodes of Game of Thrones, or I guess the last one. Uh, although maybe something will happen between now and the time me and Chris record. You never know. Thanks. Bye. Talkie Talk, the podcast for media by us. Joining me today is TJ. Yo! And we're here to talk about <clears throat> episode 5 in season 8 of Game of Thrones. Titled The Bells, it was directed by Miguel Sapochnik, uh, the director of episode 3 this season. He really did a lot of heavy lifting in season 8. Um, yeah, and we're here to kind of run down quickly what happened, and most importantly, to mourn the loss of one of the greatest characters in the show. Um, Harry Strickland. Um, he will be missed. Um, I thought you were going with Euron. I just... <laughs> <laughs> what does Alt-Shift X call him? Like, budget, budget, budget Jack Sparrow? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, Harry Strickland was a hell of a paper tiger. Uh, but, <clears throat> yeah, we're talking about the episode. Um, Want to recap us. Yeah, so it's a it's a pretty straightforward episode. Um, it's really kind of the personal moments that matter more. Um, so I'll just do this real quick. Um, we open with Varys kind of talking to one of his little birds, um, and either concerned about Danny's health or maybe trying to poison Danny. Um, you know, he's asking her about you know what's like is she still not eating? And he says that's okay. We'll try again later. Go back to the kitchen. They'll they'll be missing you there. With great risk comes great reward. Um, at which point, um, you know, he keeps penning his letters. And, uh, well, first, he meets John on the shore uh, as he's coming back and is basically like, all right, man, this is it. This is your last chance to uh, stake your claim to the throne. You have the, the better claim and you've got a ding-dong. And that helps people of Westeros for some reason. Right. Um <clears throat> Tyrion kind of oversees this this interaction and goes to Daenerys, um, who uh, hasn't eaten in a few days and is just grief stricken over the loss of Melisandre, and presumably over the loss of now her second child. If we're to just live in the mythos that she's the mother of dragons, right? Um, she does. So yeah, we will. Um, <clears throat> um, she 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 blames. Uh, Sansa and John for the betrayal. So she's also feeling that that the only reason why um, why anyone knows about this is originally Sansa's fault or John's fault because he wasn't supposed to tell Sansa that he's a Targaryen, and then Sansa's fault because she wasn't supposed to tell Tyrion, 
and then Tyrion's fault because he wasn't supposed to sell, tell Varys, um, and that the betrayal can all be traced back to John, and it's it's John's fault, but it is as much his as it is Sansa's. It's the Stark's fault basically, um, and. Then the next scene, we get a, a kind of a really touching goodbye between two characters who you forget were friends. Um, just strange bedfellows out of necessity from being the smartest person in the room uh, normally, but then kind of matching their equal uh, between Varys and Tyrion. Um, Danny keeps good on her promise that she made to Varys. Varys told her that if she ever, if he ever thought that she was making a mistake, he would stand up and tell her. And in episode four, he told her. And she said that uh, if I ever, if you ever betray me, I'll burn you alive. And she saw that as a betrayal, trying to push John towards the throne. So she burned him alive. Um, didn't wasn't really much of a surprise for me. You can't really have that many schemers and connivers still alive at when someone is is trying to get the throne through legitimate means or military takeover. And I think the poison thing is probably something that's fairly <clears throat> something we're supposed to like definitely. Like mull over because it didn't explicitly tell us, but I definitely picked up on that. I mean, when the girl's like, the soldiers are watching me, I'm scared. Right. Like, she's doing something wrong. She's not just bringing them dinner and she wouldn't care. Right. And she's, and, and the girl says, and then Varys says, like, well, that's their job. And it's, you know, if, if you think about it, it sounds like he might be just like mollifying her. But then you think, like, wait, it's not actually their job to watch everyone do everything. It's specifically their job to watch her, who's, like, coming and bringing her food, and, like, someone who's in close contact with Varys, like, that's the soldier's job. Right. So, it kind of, you know, there's, it's probably left, uh, you know, on the cutting room floor, but I really do think that, that the showrunners implied that Varys may have been trying to either make Danny sick so she couldn't fly to King's Landing or something, was right. trying to tamper with the food. Right. Um, and then the next scene we get, um, so R.I.P. Varys, uh, Conleth Hill, I just learned your name, uh, but, you know, terrific character in the show, um, but, you know, met his end, uh, fulfilling a promise, uh, to Daenerys and a prophecy of Melisandre's. I guess it's not really a prophecy, but hinted at some, like, secret shit. <coughs> so then we see, uh, Arya and, uh, the Hound have made it to King's Landing and they're just kind of moseying on up. They get, you know, stopped by uh, the troops who are encamped outside King's Landing. It's Danny's troops. And they're like, we're going to go kill the queen. And they're like, really? Are you? And she's like, yep, I'm Arya Stark. I'm going to kill the queen. Like, go, go tell your people. I'll, I'll win the war right now if you let me. All right. Um, and so the guy just kind of like runs off and they head towards King's Landing. You know, this is all just like putting people in the spot that they need to be in for right. the main event. Uh, which, you know, I left my air horn at home. Uh, but I'll do a lot of mouth air horn now. Bah, 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 <laughs> for Clegane Bowl. <laughs> <coughs> but the, um, yep. And then you've got Tyrion kind of joining the ranks of the soldiers. Um, this is uh, earlier. Danny had told Tyrion, "Hey, we caught your brother trying to make it back to King's Landing. Um, he's the most recognizable human being on the planet and has a zero uh, skill in stealth, right? Because he didn't cover his golden hand. Um, the dumbest Lannister. Yeah. And so he's captured, and Tyrion kind of 
gives a, a nudge and a wink to Davos. Basically says, like, hey, I'm bringing out my brother. Will you help me? Uh, like, you're going to regret doing it. And Davos is like, you're probably right. And uh, Tyrion goes, uh, practices some uh, some of the unsullied language. And I don't know if... This, this didn't feel like an episode where we needed, like, goofs. Yeah. But, you know, so that was kind of weird, but... Um, Makes in with Jamie. There's another touching farewell there, um, where they both embrace, and you know, Tyrion is talking to uh, the he's, he's talking to his brother, and is like, you know, you saved my life. I want to repay you the favor. And they, you know, there's there's true love between them there, and they embrace for one final time. And Tyrion lets him go, and says like, hey. Uh, we've set up a dinghy. You know, it's it's where Davos and I landed the first time. <clears throat> so just, you know, go get Cersei and run away. Just right. run away. You know, like tell her to surrender. Like ring the bells, and we'll know. And I'll get John and Danny to stop attacking and know that there's been a surrender, and to not like to to, to cease the killing and the fighting. And proving to that moment, you get Danny agreeing to that. Right. Yeah. If the bells ring, I'll well. She gives a assuring nod to Grey Worm. Grey Worm. Right. With Tyrion present. Like, yeah, if the bells ring, stop. Yeah. So, this this is, you know, supposedly the plan going in. Um, but that's pretty much it for setup. Um, you've got... Yeah, I mean, Tyrion's trying to smuggle them to Pentos. Somehow that's something they arranged. We know that the Devils had uh, buddies in Pentos. Right. But uh, then we cut back to, and one of my favorite memes after this episode, um, the developers for Game of Thrones nerfed the scorpions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> slowed them down, reduced their damage <laughs> and their turn radius. Uh, Cersei kind of taking a page out of the Night King's book and, not Cersei, Danny. Yeah. And she uh, swoops in from way higher than those things can point and basically decimates the Iron Fleet. Yes. Um she burns every ship and blows up the one that Euron's on, and he has to dive overboard. Um, you still you never get a dragon dying that's not being ridden by Danny. Okay, I mean I'm just right. It's so, uh, so there's something to be a, said about her being able to control the dragon, and maybe there's <clears throat> like more. Uh, Maybe she's she's a naturally skilled dragon rider, right? Because there's 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 like the two spines on the back that she holds onto and she pulls and moves. You around. definitely see when she like ducks, yeah, to the left and a spear goes flying by her or whatever. Yeah. Um. So so she steers Drogon away from being hit by one of the scorpions and destroys the Iron Fleet in a matter of minutes. Yeah. Um. And we we see the Golden Company lined up at the gates of King's Landing, ready to fight. We see the Unsullied and the Northmen and the Dothraki uh, standing, you know, not too far away from them. Civil War style. They're yeah. about to go at it. And you just start hearing explosions in the background. And you see a shot of Cersei hearing explosions in the background. Kyburn tells her already, like, hey, like, we need to think about what we're going to do if this goes bad. And she goes, doesn't matter. We've got the Iron Fleet. And he's like, eh, actually, we don't. We don't have the Iron Fleet anymore. It's yeah. gone. We've got scorpions. They're all destroyed. Yeah. yeah. The gold company's gone. Yeah. 
because right after she does she she does the hit on the on the the Iron Fleet, she basically flies the perimeter of King's Landing, destroying every scorpion and blows open the front gates uh, and basically murders the entire Golden Company in like Seconds. moments. Yeah. Uh, to which the Unsullied rush in, and then this is where it gets kind of like action, 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 action. Um, you know, Arya's made her way into the city, uh, made her way into the into the keep with uh, the Hound. Uh, at a certain point, or I guess that doesn't happen yet. But first, uh, the the army. I don't even know what to call them because it's hard. I can't. You know, there's the David Mitchell uh, thing from uh, a bit of Mitchell and Webb. Uh, not a bit of Mitchell and Webb. I forget what the show is called, but it's him wearing. <laughs> you know a, nothing. <laughs> it's it's him wearing a, an SS uniform and it says like, "Are we the baddies?" Yeah. Uh, but it's they're running in, they're attacking, they're like killing all the Lannister troops and like advancing towards the keep. You know, John's there, sword fighting, whatever, and they they basically like using the might of the dragon drive the Lannister army back right. into like. What looks like one long snake, which is the only road, presumably the one that Cersei had to walk, um, all the way up to the Red Keep. They're just packed in there, like thousands upon thousands upon thousands, just in that one lane. Um, and Danny lands her dragons and just, like, waits. Because she told Tyrion she would wait. Right. And, you know, there's so much fear in the people and... You know this last fear in Tyrion, yeah. See fear in Danny, fear in Cersei, and John Davos yeah. has even picked up a sword, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, you hear people start shouting like, "Ring the bells!" Like, "Ring the bells!" Like, "We need to surrender!" Ring the bells! And the Lannister troops drop their swords, and Cersei. The thing that's the first tear you see is that she, you know, cries a single tear, and once the troops start start ringing the bells, yeah. So they start ringing the bells for a surrender. And uh, we get a long thirty-second shot of Danny kind of processing. I think you know eight seasons of uh, leadership lessons and of unkind shit that's been done to her, and you know hundreds of years of history of who the Lannisters are and what King's Landing symbolizes and the idea. I make a joke whenever we watch it of breaking the wheel. It's like, should we get pizza tonight? No, we're breaking the wheel. Let's get wings. <laughs> Uh, and she doesn't care. She kind of goes back on the silent nod she gave and uh, picks up the dragon and they start burning the city. And Grey Worm apparently knew the plan and picks up his spear and throws that a Lannister guard. Who's unarmed. Who's unarmed. Yeah, and Danny's not just destroying the city and like troops. She is The first people she burns are women and children and citizens yep. running down the streets. And she's just... Torching them. Yep. And the, the Kalasar starts just cutting down everyone indiscriminately. Even the Northmen are... Yeah, John kills a Northman soldier who's about to rape Yeah, uh, some King's Landing citizen. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it, was, it was, you know, just a total war situation that I think that everyone but... Everyone but John would really thought would happen because um, it seems like like that is a hard message to communicate. But there's there's, in, I think probably a bit of bloodlust from like the actual soldiers that these are the people who had the opportunity to surrender. Their queen had the opportunity to surrender on their behalf. 
They had the opportunity to come fight with us, but instead they betrayed us. I watched my brothers and my fathers and my my regiment die because they sat here stuffing their faces, doing nothing, right? Trying to wait for us to lose, and we didn't lose. And right, you know, the victor writes history, so we're going to erase this fucking city. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so there's which is what, which is what starts to happen. I mean, she is like not to jump ahead of all the stuff we're skipping but there's no King's Landing now yeah I mean it's gone yeah she there's basically, no red keep there's nothing yeah there's I mean Cersei did half the job blowing up the Sept of Baylor and right. Danny finished it um she just burned the shit like basically doing strafing runs and just bombing the shit out of the city uh with Drogon um so we get a lot of scenes of people trying to basically stay standing uh and not have the city collapse on them uh really well shot stuff yeah uh, the Hound and Arya make it into the keep as it's collapsing, and uh, the Hound basically grabs Arya and is like... It's your third heartfelt goodbye. Yeah. Kind of. It's like, this is it. Like, you know, you've basically died, I've basically died, and we've, you know, come back together for our third time now. Like, this is this is it. This this is, like, like we're not coming back. Like, this is... We're standing on her big, cool map. There's, there's no coming back from this. And she kind of has... <clears throat> an introspective moment um, where I think that she sees that you know Cersei's name's already crossed off the mountain's right. name is already crossed off and maybe there's another name that needs to be added to the list um, and it's the person who's indiscriminately burning the city right um, it Ar- can't be her last kill anymore right Arya's story from there kind of gets interrupted by lots of other details but you know basically she spends the rest of the episode Running from the carnage and the destruction, trying to save people from, uh, you know, the Dothraki, trying to save people from falling buildings, uh, running into the mother of Martha, who was Varys' little bird, and who helps her when she's in a pinch during the destruction of the city, and who she helps, and she just kind of tries to work her way out of the city, saving as many people as she can. Um, It's pretty ineffective at that, but makes it out nonetheless very biblical reference near the end or, you know, <clears throat> very Dothraki ending near the end. Uh, a, a, an unscathed pale horse shows up to lead her out of the city. Um, so Arya makes it out. Um, but do- doesn't really land a blow on anyone because I don't think, she, I think she knows she doesn't need to. Right. Like you said, I think she's got, her plan was always for once I kill Cersei, last on my list, yeah. in the mountain. That I'm done, and I can die then. Right. But her list grew. Yeah. And those names got crossed off, so her plan had to change. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but the main action we have here is um, uh, we get uh, rent, rent a Pirate uh, meets up with Jamie right on the shore. Jamie tries to make it into the city uh, by, like, Go. positively identifying himself as Jamie Lannister by waving his golden hand, you know. Right. He's been captured twice because of it. You would think that people would notice him, but there's just such chaos. Right. So he kind of goes the long way around and goes to the steps below the. Uh, I guess it's a. It's not a crypt down there, but it's. Is that what, is that Magor's chambers that they were talking yeah. about? Yeah. So tries to make it to Magor's. Uh, Magor's hold yeah, dragon skeletons and all that. Um, and runs into Euron, who is uh, also part mermaid, and <clears throat> they kind of duke it out in the. Uh, uh, like a pretty dirty fight where Euron ends up mortally wounding Jamie 
and Jamie ends up mortally wounding wounding Euron. So they're both, you know, he taunts Jamie by saying, you know, like if you're a Kingslayer, I'll give you another one to your list. Yeah. And he's like, what do you mean you're ki- you're you're king? He's like, oh, I fucked the queen. He's like, so, right? <laughs> like, seems pretty unfazed by it. Like, there was so much more that he was going to kill Euron for, other than just like, right? You fucked my sister. <clears throat> like, okay. So did Robert Baratheon, right? You know, I didn't kill him. She did that. You know, not that that's important, but I'm just, <laughs> you know, this idea that that people are that. Everyone's like, oh, well, Jamie can't go back to Cersei because she won't accept him after he fucked Brienne. It's like, well, yeah, 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 she would. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is... They, they understand that, like, they're brother and sister and, and the twins and they're going to do, like, gross stuff to each other. Right. But, you know, something could get in the way, like, life or having to have, like, a beard. But... <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, they... Both have their death blows, and Jamie makes up the stairs and uh, uh, is is working his way up. When we see the Hound and uh, the Mountain finally meet, as Cersei, Kyburn, and the Mountain and her Queen's Guard are descending the stairs of the Keep, uh, the Hound catches them and is you know on this nice spiral staircase as Danny's flying around, still just burning the shit out of shit. Um, yeah, easily disposes of the third or four Kingsguard yep. that are there. Um, the mountain definitely is like realizes he wants to have this this battle. Yeah, and uh, gets yelled at by Kyburn. Just something you don't do to a giant zombie, apparently. Yeah, your skull will get smashed quickly. Yeah. He just gets like discarded. Yeah, just like th- like thrown into like the stone wall. I mean, seconds after Queen comes in, obey our Queen. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's that quick. Just done. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, Cersei pretty pretty easily diagnoses the situation and is like, "I'm gonna go." Excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so she steps out of the way, and then we get the uh, much anticipated Clegane Bowl, which seems like the only thing that people are universally pleased with. Hey, hey good job. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a it's a dirty fight. You've got someone who. Is ready to die fighting someone who's already dead and can't feel anything. I mean, he gets... His heart gets punctured. He drives a dagger into the mountain's head. Like, all sorts of shit. Right. And, uh... Yeah. It's it's an insane little fight. Um, you know, another thing that I think this episode did well is filming those smaller fights, those one-on-ones really well. Um, as well as kind of the total carnage of it. Right. Um... The individual duels are neat. Uh, the mountain tries to gouge out uh, uh, Sandor's eyes. Throwback. Yep. Throwback yeah. to the Viper. Yeah. And uh, he basically starts like cutting his arm off until he finally drops him. And then the Hound figures this is the only way that he's going to kill him is if he kills himself too. And basically crashes him through the wall into like a fiery pit below. The hound dies by fire. Yeah. And we get kind of a cool, like, side-by-side shot of um, Arya trying to get out of uh, King's Landing while the hound is kind of taking his licks, fighting the mountain. Yeah. Um, thought that was really well done. Um, it'd be cool if what Arya did next is she was, like, the personal guard to whoever becomes king or queen. Right. A la the hound. Right. Um, but... Yeah, and that's when we get to kind of the the end of it. So we've got 
Um, I told the story out of order. Um, we, the actual ending scene is Arya, but the most anticipated, other than Clegainebowl, but the, the 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 longest, strongest characters, uh, Jamie and Cersei finally meet up in a uh, in Magor's hold, and they you know embrace, and they have one final goodbye. They say that they did everything for each other, and they have a very lovey dovey moment. You know, you get kind of a satisfying uh, Cersei losing her fucking shit. Yeah, like freaking out. I don't want to die. Not to merge podcast, but it kind of reminded me of um, the sister in Melancholia, like yeah. losing her shit before the world smashes in. Yeah, to Earth. Um, it's it was it was a a good death. You get the, the prophecy for the book. People gets fulfilled. Yeah, her younger brother. She dies with the younger brother's hands around her neck. It's just lovingly and not with malice. Right. <clears throat> So, yep. So the Red Keep collapses on both of them. Which my favorite shot of the show, I think, was that, like... Really impressive. You can see this, like, long hallway. Um, these, like, eaves just, like, falling down. Like, horror movie style, almost. Yeah. Um, and they did. And the Who's Gonna Kill Cersei pool goes to other. Yeah. <laughs> goes to, I guess, Danny. Yeah. Um, but Danny doesn't get the satisfaction of watching her die. Um... But yes, that's pretty much it. Um, you know, it's a lot of people there. Most importantly, Harry Strickland, who died. Um, and yeah, we're, we're just left with a somber scene of the city burning as Arya rides off. Yeah, lose a ton of people there. There's not many left down south. Yeah, re- recapping it, <clears throat> it's uh, Varys, Cersei, Jaime, uh, Sandor, who finally gets called Sandor by Arya in their goodbye, which is cool. Yeah. Um, the mountain for a second time, <laughs> yeah. Euron, Kyburn, and Harry Strickland. <laughs> yes, <clears throat> but yeah. So, hour twenty minutes. What'd you think overall? Uh, it was good. Yeah. Um, the the whole I talked to Brent a little bit earlier. And I'll echo his sentiments because I wholeheartedly agree with him. The whole thing does feel a little rushed. Yeah. Um, it does. So. That sucks because it's not perfect and I want it to be. Right. But I don't have a problem with any of the arcs. Uh, and then not to just like fight the internet on this podcast, but like people are losing their goddamn minds over Danny. It's a very loud minority. Yeah. And I don't know if... Um, I don't even know if they're the minority, honestly. I guess people who are okay with it don't go be like, that was good. Yeah. That was <laughs> middling at best. <laughs> yeah. But... uh yeah, I mean, I, I think the arcs are fine. I don't understand people not thinking Danny would do this. I think it was a lot of turns. I mean, I think she did something that was Mad Queen-ish every season. Right. Um, or if you want to take a page out of their hero, apparently, George R. R. Martin, uh, where Martin has said that what he wanted to depict in Game of Thrones was that in war there's no good guys and bad guys. Yeah. There's there's no like one side that is just and right and perfect. And the other side, which is evil and conniving and brutal. Super quick heel turn, which I thought was super fun. I yeah. mean, you go from, like, rooting for these people to, like, oh, no, in oh. seconds. Oh, yeah. I mean, the red armor has been a been such a warning sign for, oh, bad shit's about to go down. These are the people who were, like, raping and pillaging all throughout the Riverlands. And then after the bells ring and they realize that the North and the Unsullied and Dothraki are going to slaughter them anyway, basically commit what we would consider a war crime... Like, very quickly cast on a different light. Like, they're running around trying to save women and children. Just trying to, like, run from the fight. Trying to, like, surrender. And, 
Yeah, and I mean, another thing too, I think a lot of people thought when... Uh, What's the second dragon that died? Rhaegal. Rhaegal. Uh, a lot of the people, including people that you know we were discussing it with on our Facebook groups, were like, this is obviously just like a thing that had to happen so she couldn't have two dragons because that'd be too easy. Right. And it's like, no, nah, one dragon will do it very fucking easily. Yeah. Uh, this was a device used for plot which drove her further to be the Mad Queen quicker. Right. I mean, she lost the kid and Masande that we talked about. That's those the, the straw that broke the camel's back or whatever. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, and it's and I think that there's like a, an X factor too that you don't think about, which is, you know, Danny has been an effective leader as Varys tells Tyrion uh, in Marine because she's been surrounded by gifted advisors, and now she doesn't have Missande, she doesn't have Jorah, like she doesn't trust Tyrion. If she even considered John Ally, she thinks he betrayed her. And Grey Worm is probably actively on the side of, fuck it, let's burn everything down. Yeah, he's equally blinded. Right. At best. Yeah. I mean, you also have people like Olena Tyrell, who told her back in season six, you know, Marjorie tried to live with kindness, and now she's nothing but ash. Like, you need to make them fear you. I mean, Robert Baratheon says in season one, the only thing that holds the realm together is fear. Right. Um, That is one scene that I skipped over in my recap, because... It's important, but kind of not important. Uh, you know, Danny confronts John also before she sacks King's Landing, and says, "You know, do you still love me? Are you doing this for love? Like, how can how can I ever be ruler? The people love you." And he basically says, "Like, but I I'm devoted to you 100. percent You're my queen." And they, they she basically says, "Prove it." Like, basically, like, do me on this table, right? Uh, and he doesn't, and kind of rebuffs her. So. She's been like emotionally rejected by him too. So the quote is "Fear it is." Yeah, uh, yeah. Because she says, "I thought that I'd be able to rule with love and not fear." And then he embraces her. They do the thing, uh, which is just kissing in this case. The thing for like church camp. The thing, uh, <laughs> and then yeah, backs away and says, "Fear it is." Yeah. So, so I mean, I do think that. That one thing I wanted to talk about too, me and you talked about last night, which I thought was interesting and something I didn't see a lot online today, was Tyrion's. Yeah, Tyrion's, plan. Tyrion's Tyrion's gamble. Yeah, it made sense to me, and again, this isn't something that we know, but I feel like it's pretty confident. This is what was going on in Tyrion's mind. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a conniving guy, and people people have been talking about how like everyone's genius until season six starts, when the writing doesn't give you like the books don't provide you their inner monologues. But I think that the Tyrion still is like one of the cleverest people here. You know, he would he would have always committed treason to save his brother, one hundred percent of the time. I mean, he's forecasted that since season three. Um, you know, he he. Yeah, I remember that too because when I my intro to Game of Thrones, I think we talked about it in our first episode of this little mini series of podcasts. But was you know binging the first four seasons with Brent. Yeah. And uh, there's lots of pausing going on because I couldn't get into it because I didn't read the books. Right. And be like, Brent, what is, like... And, uh, one of the first ones was, uh, I think, season two when Jamie and Tyrion are together. And I was like, oh, are they, like, Cersei and Tyrion? And Brent was like, no, they are best friends. Yeah. They fucking love each other. Yeah. And he, like, stressed that overly. Like, in the books, they're so close. Yeah. So that always stuck with me. Um, so, yeah, that wasn't a surprise either. Yeah. That, but... the I mean, in the books, the, the longer story of... Tyrion getting married and Tywin killing the prostitute that he marries is it's all set up by Jamie and then helped by Jamie. Like he not set up to like make a fool of him, 
but like sets it up like helps him fall in love with this woman and you know tries to help him overcome his lack of confidence because he's a dwarf and they like bond at such a young age that they're inseparable and the season three moment i'm talking about is he tells someone like i never bet against my family right like so given the opportunity to spare their lives of course he's going to take it but the thing we were talking about was the ring the bells plan. People are saying that it was such a bad plan. Why did he think that Cersei would ever surrender and keep the surrender? Um, we kind of talked about it, and we, not conclusion, but have the idea that might have been a a, a bet that, that Tyrion places. Because Varys tells him, you know, right before he dies, he says, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, and Danny is a good good queen. But if I'm not, you know then, like, know that you fucked up. And so, we think he might have placed all his eggs, or, or taken his eggs out of the one basket. Once he frees Jamie, he's kind of fucked anyway. Right. No matter what the outcome is, sort of. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me that he would say, ring the bells, at least it's something he doesn't know. And he can know. Yeah. He can know. If they ring the bells and Danny doesn't go, and she stops and lets the surrender and, you know, gives quarter, um, he's right. Yeah. Varys is wrong. And if she attacks, Varys was right and Tyrion's wrong. Yeah. He can know 100% if those bells get rung. So it's a roll the dice thing. If the bells get rung, he'll know 100% one way or the other. Right. And if they don't, he's in the same spot he was. Yeah. And we have the same kind of crisis of faith that happens with Jon. Because Jon is at the front of the army, facing off with the Lannisters. The bells ring, and then he sees kind of the, the moral fortitude of Grey Worm and Danny, And his mind... Doesn't really get made up there, but it gets made up shortly thereafter when he also sees Northman doing the same. And he's like, okay. And um, I mentioned it earlier, but kills one. Yeah. Um, which I guess is technically treason. Right. Um, so, I don't know. It's, uh, I guess, moving to the what's going to happen phase of this episode of Talkie Talk. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the number one person on the death pool, death pool now, has. Gotta be Danny by a shit ton. Right. Um, the show, I mentioned it last night, like as soon as the episode was over to you and the girls, it was like, the show has always done a really quick, pretty good job of like, the villain is uh, like Joffrey, and now the villain is Ramsey, and now the villain, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're on. Like, they just like, as soon as one dies, they bring one back. Uh, bring one in, rather. And uh, I think this happened with the Cersei, the big villain. As soon as Cersei's dying, Danny just jumps right in and takes that place as the heel of the show. Right. Because uh, she's the bad guy now. Like, there's no doubt. In, in a viewer's mind, we're supposed to see her that way anyway. Oh, she's yeah. somebody who has done unthinkable shit. And Grey Worm's the same way. But character that people fucking love. Yeah. Is, I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's... He's directly responsible for, like, thousands of deaths. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a testament to, like, how people can be broken... And you know it's and how like I, I don't I don't think that Danny is the Mad Queen as like a lowercase M, but she certainly is capital M Mad Queen the way that King Aerys the Second was because you know he wanted to burn the city because he thought people were conspiring against him. Likewise, yeah, if, if she you, wanted to rule with fear, right? But I don't think that she's like quote unquote gone insane. No, she's just that's. It's kind of, I think you mentioned it last night. Uh, sorry, last night. You mentioned it during the episode. Yeah. Um, or after the episode. Now they're going to think I talked during yeah, the Yeah, I was going to say, we're not fucking that evil. We're not mad. Um, but, you know, kind of like, if I can't have it, no one can. Right. Sort of attitude. Yeah, um, and she's, which she's told that Might people. be more petulant than mad. Yeah. But 
but she said that when, when people have said like, "Well, what if they don't accept you?" Then she says, "Then I'll burn the throne." Right, and that's exactly what she did because, you know, like I, I, I said, I wasn't going to argue against like a phantom, like straw man internet, like right, screamer, right. but you know, people questioning why she did it and say that it was such a sudden turn. Like it wasn't. She's told people that if she made it to Westeros and they didn't accept her and they didn't love her as everyone promised her, that she was going to burn the throne. Yeah. But she was going to end the monarchy, basically. And she did it. Right. Um, well, maybe not permanently, but it's at least not going to be a fucking King's Landing. No. No. Yeah. I mean... And I don't know what we'll get next episode. we still got people that... I know this is kind of like uh, reading the edit on Survivor or something, so I don't want to spoil anything or anything, but we've got a couple of actors that we know are coming yeah. that are in the season that we hadn't seen yet. Um... So, I don't know. That'll be a interesting end. I mean, we still haven't heard from, you know, people down south and people at the Vale and if the Iron Islands are gone and all that shit. Yeah. I don't know. And we only got about an hour to, you know. Right. Get it all tied together. Yeah, it's another hour and uh, hour and 20 minute episode. Yeah. Directed by uh, Benioff and Weiss. Um, but, yeah, we've got... You know, of our remaining characters, uh, we've already talked about Danny, but, you know, there's questions about, like, how does the North react to this? Like, if you're Sansa, you might actually be fine with the results of it. Like, well, I do think we'll probably get something with that. I think I mentioned that to you or Brent today. The whole, I bet, I think it was Brent, uh, like, Sansa saying, like, I told you so, John. Right. John being like, well, you fucking triggered it. Like... I mean, you can make both arguments, right? That Danny always had this in her and Sansa wanted to get it out before she got, like, entrenched. Right. But the other side is, she was fine in John's mind. And, I mean, she broke a oath right. to her family. Yeah, that she made in front of a weirwood, which is supposed to have significance. Yeah, so pretty much, like, I mean, yeah, that that's... I guess in, like, Earth terms, she, like, lied and it's not that big of a deal, but it's a big deal in this right. universe we're in, especially for people from the North. Yeah, and it's funny because it's it's one of those like catch twenty twos because you're lying about someone's parentage because John isn't like quote unquote not a true Northman because of his blood and but if he comes there and says like we swore nothing in front of the Weirwood she can just be like you're a Targaryen yeah like like my oath to you in the Godswood means dick yeah um, but yeah, I definitely think we'll we'll have that. Probably not in, in, in as much of an "I told you so" moment, but definitely like right. a, something around that. Yeah my my preseason my preseason winner picks for this season have been much better than any of my survivor picks. I feel like I'm doing. Nice. I think Sansa's on a pretty good track to uh, yeah do well. Um, Arya, I think the question to who sits on the Iron Throne is like, where's the Iron Throne? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what does that even mean at this point? <laughs> Melted? I don't know. Uh, it would be interesting to see if they, like, relocated the throne to, like, Heron Hall, which is, like, the old destroyed castle that was once burned yeah. by a dragon, but is now, like, at least not collapsing. Right. Or to, like, Dragonstone. Right. Um, although Dragonstone looks like a pain in the ass to get to. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we've we've got John. You know, John is obviously going to have, you know, a difficult decision to make. We think he's already he's already made it. Um, but how do you like quietly back away from the woman who you just said that you loved and said that you would follow till the end of the earth as his personal queen? Right. Um, but as far as people like Dragonstone and South that we could name, it's Danny, it's John, it's Tyrion, it's Arya. 
It's Grey Worm. Yeah. I think that's it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Everyone else it, Everyone else stayed up at Winterfell or died. I'm going through, like, the big cast list, Davos. Davos is south, yes. And we know where Davos... Davos is going to make the same decision that John makes. Yeah. And go, uh, fuck that woman who burned all those kids. Yeah. That's been Davos's number one... Right. Hey, don't kill kids. Don't burn them, especially. Especially, <laughs> especially don't burn them. Um, yeah, everyone else is kind of met their end or is, you know, north. Braun is kind of a big question mark. Um, I don't think the Tyrion's really going to be in the position to give him high garden, but I also don't think the Tyrion's long for this world. Um, you know, he... Not that anyone really knows except for Davos, but he freed Jamie Lannister. Um, you know, it probably doesn't help that Jamie was waving his golden arm around. Uh, I mean, they'll know because... He won't be there anymore. Yeah. Um... Yeah, they won, so they'll know. Yeah, and I mean, if Varys got the torch, like I, I really don't see Tyrion making it to end credits. I've been saying it for a while. Tyrion has Jon and Davos, though, now. Right. So there is that aspect. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm curious as to your thoughts on, have we seen the end of fill-in-the-blank? Um, so, like, Yara, Tormund, Ghost, Sam... I mean, so I think that there's there's really so so Danny's goal is either to sit on the Iron Throne or to do away with the system entirely. So if we're left with her winning, then I think that those are still our options. So then, if it's who sits on the Iron Throne, that splits into well, who sits there? Like, does Danny live? Does someone? Does Arya kill her? Does what happens there, and if it's break the system, then what is it replaced by, if anything? Right. So I think if you go that latter half, that latter option, then I think, yeah, we're going to see him again. I think that we're going to see Tormund again. I think, well, if news travels that far, but I think that that's what Varys was doing when he was writing notes. Right. Is he was basically saying, yo, shit's fucked, it's going bad. John's going to need your help. Danny's crazy, there's a Targaryen who needs your help, she's a usurper, like... Like, SOS, basically. Yeah. Like, and I think we're going to see the unnamed Dornish prince. I think we're going to see um, whoever is got the best claim to Highgarden. Maybe it's Braun. Maybe Braun shows up and goes like, yo, I've been hanging out in Highgarden. You called me right from there, and I'm there. So I'm now Highgarden. Yeah. Um, so I think that's that's kind of the more interesting direction that it could go. Right. Um, kind of test the field and see, kind of bring all the realm, bring the realm together. Um, I think less interesting will be a, like, well, Danny's going to sit on the throne, but for how long? And then if not Danny, then it's going to be John. And if it's John, for how long? Is he even going to want it? Is he going to leave it? And then if not John, then is it going to be Tyrion? And, you know. Yeah. It's, Cersei has to be wrong. You know, it, it's her, it's her, she's the title drop. Right. In the Game of Thrones, you either win or you die. Like, the, the, the only true way that you break it is you go, well, how about we don't win and we don't die? Right. Like, <laughs> John has already done that. Yeah. Um, but, so I'm not sure. What do, you, what, do you, what do you think? Where do you fall in the... Um, I'm not convinced we don't have a battle in a Miguel-esque... I mean, we're, this is weird, right, in, in episode six, because we don't know 
we don't have a lot of this, this director always does this, mm-hmm. so we don't really know what's coming um, like we have every other episode this season. Right. Um, These directors have done everything. Right. And the last time they directed was like in season three, and it was a kind of a I think it was the finale back when like the penultimate episode was the finale. Right. They did the true finale, which is kind of a setup for the next season. So yeah. They don't really have an mo. You know what I mean. Um, so we don't know. So I'm not convinced we're not going to have a battle that's going to feature um, some or all of Dorne, the Vale, the North, the Ironborn, um, and whoever's left at Winterfell. Um, I, I don't see a way Danny survives. Yeah. Um, Al, uh, who's a contributor for the Media Bias, has his theory that she kind of bolts back to SS. Hmm. Um which would be interesting, and I would be curious to see how that works. Right. I'm not opposed to it. I, don't, I wouldn't hate that yeah, ending I mean, for her. She has a track record of going, all right, I liberated your, your land, and now you guys rule it. But, well, rule, it, but rule it better. If not, I'll come back. And she's left Marine and Karth and... Yukai and Astapor. The Red Sea or whatever, the Yellow Sea, what's it called? The Desert, the Dothraki. Oh, the, the Grass Sea. Or yeah, whatever. the Grass Sea. Yeah, I forgot now. I laughed so hard in like episode one or uh, season one when they were like, "We don't like the ocean. The horses don't drink that water." Yeah, <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah, the, <laughs> like the poison grass or whatever. Yeah, um, but I can see her going back and like ruling these places that loved her. Yeah, um, that she left kind of in shambles. Yeah. You know what I mean? It especially fits her narrative the break the wheel. So like, what what does she care anymore? Right. Like, truly, what does she care? She's gotten her revenge. She's dug both graves. Yeah. So, she's never been to this fucking island before until last season. Yeah. This this is, you know, when she burns it, it's the second time she sees it. Yeah. Since she was, like, seven. Right. Or, no, she was, like, a baby. Yeah. So, you know, what, what, not what right do you have, but, like, what nostalgia or what, like, why do you think it's going to be so much better? Especially if you like say that like like the people the slaves you've liberated love you, right? But so uh, uh, that's a theory that I I don't I'm not going to jump on board with. I think she dies on Westeros. I, I agree. Um, I think so too. And I think there has to be some kind of fight there. And I don't know if it involves um, I don't know with the dragon. I mean, we've seen it's a pretty much an immovable force when she's on it. Right. And it is something. That will just can and will destroy pretty much fucking anything except the Night King, and he's gone. Right. So, and really, the only thing more powerful than the Night King at this point is Arya. And so, what you have there is you do have like a super assassin. You have a true Targaryen who has ridden a dragon before. Yeah. And John, you have Tyrion who has pretty much tamed dragons and taught the dragons and understands dragons. And you have Bran, who's essentially a god, who we still don't know if he's got warring powers that work on dragons. We yeah. know that dragons. In the mythos of, you know, uh, A Song of Ice and Fire, they're smarter than humans. Right. Um, so, I don't know if they're, like, wargable or whatever that is. Right. But there's a lot of ways that that dragon can be taken out, and I feel like they've been they've set up four or five different scenarios for us. Yeah. You've also got Bronn, who's, like, kicking around with a crossbow. Yeah. And who may think that, oh, Danny will never honor that promise, but maybe Tyrion will. Yeah. So maybe my, my way through is through Danny because Cersei's gone, so she's not going to pay me. Right. So who who act, whose contract am I actually beholden to at this point? Right. If anyone's, or am I just like fuck being a sellsword? I retire. And Yara owes them a debt now because yeah. she's got the Iron Islands all to herself. 
Yeah. Um, and she knows have to worry about Euron in the Iron Fleet at and, all. And she knows that Theon died for the Starks. So yeah. her allegiance, I think, is pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, but Danny freed Theon to go, not freed, but allowed Theon to take ships and go get his sister. Yeah. So it'll be, it, it, the least surprising sentence, even for people who hate the show now, it'll be interesting. Yeah, no, I'm super excited, like I have been for the first five episodes. Yeah. And every Sunday I wake up and I'm giddy. <laughs> you just, like, grab your covers just with, like, your your yeah. this knuckle. <laughs> um, but I, my, my, not my gut, but my guess says there's a, a fairly big battle with, um, you know, maybe the northern side's kind of split now. I mean, yeah. I don't know if it gets out, but there seemed to be a big, like, dun-dun when John drove the Von Claw through that northernman. Yeah. Who was, you know, raping and pillaging. Right. So, I don't know if that's going to come back to John somehow, and that kind of distances him from the north a little more. Um, I don't know. That also could never be brought up again, and I wouldn't be super surprised. Yeah, I mean, he could have, because, I mean, he is he is Ned Stark's son, to, like, not speak literally. Right. And that he has always... Carried out the words that his dad said, all like the the truths and morals that he taught him. So on the one hand, he was doing the honorable thing of protecting this innocent person, but on the other hand, he was disobeying his queen's orders. So it's that conflict that Ned was in when he was asked to go to King's Landing to be the hand and was told to do things he didn't agree with. And it's your honor bound to do two two diametrically opposed things. So what? Where do you find yourself? Right, and I, I mean, I do think that if I'm if I'm guessing, and I, I don't have a strong feeling on how this will end at all, but if I'm guessing, I think John probably ends up killing Danny. Um, I would be a little annoyed if she dies from like circumstance. Yeah, when John's around, yeah. like I want John to have to carry out the, the sentence. You yeah. know what I mean? I want that call back to the first episode, right? Um, uh, but maybe you know. The thing is, it wasn't just Ned and John there in the field. Bran was unflinched during that scene. You right. know what I mean? So maybe Bran's the one who carries out the punishment. Yeah. Um. I don't know. But I, I, I feel like Danny's going to die. I feel like she's going to die on Westeros. And I feel like John's probably going to survive. I think, And I think a, a, a Stark is probably going to kill her. Whether that is including John in that. Yeah. Um. But... Yeah, I'm not sure if we're going to get another huge battle. I think that there will be probably more... And definitely not another, like, 60-minute battle. No. But another, like, 20-minute skirmish. Yeah. Like, what, like There's not enough people to have like, a... Like, retaking King's Landing or something right. from, you know... Because we've, we've, we've cut the Dothraki and Unsullied by half twice now, supposedly. Right. Like, three times, four times, like, however many times, like... For as much as it looks on the screen, like there's still a lot of them left, there's way less than there were. Right. Um, and she was burning indiscriminately. Right. Like, you know, there are casualties on both sides that are bad, so it'll. It, there may be a retaking of King's Land, if that's even where the seat of power is now, if that's where Danny's. Yeah. Because, you know. Not a lot there, dude. Yeah, I mean, we. It's not spoiler, because it played literally like moments after the trailer. But it didn't show anything, but we see Danny basically walking out to address a riotous crowd. Yeah. Um, and it's they're not, like, riotous with cheer, um, but she's walking out to address from, like, this, this like, looks like a keep. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of what, what happens there. And, 
if she basically tells him, like, y'all fucked up. You should have submitted. Like, I told you to bend the knee. Like, I've told, you've heard tales of what happens when people don't. And this was, you guys are basically like the Tarleys. And you didn't come running to me. You know, she tells, um, she tells John and Grey Worm that the people of King's Landing had plenty of time to rise up against Cersei, and they didn't. So, they're just as culpable as she is in her mind. So, who knows? But that's different, Chris. The yeah. Tarleys are... <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm really curious to see what this, uh, what, you know, Jon Snow is in, has put Kit Harrington in the perfect position to be brooding again. You know, it's, it's, what, yeah. he, it's what he does best. Um, I was... We were making the joke last night. I was like, what if John goes back to the wall? Like, is there even a need for the Night's Watch anymore? Like, you gotta put, like, your prisoners that don't deserve to die somewhere. Right. Especially if they're like, hey, I'll do a bunch of work, but just don't kill me or put me in a jail cell. Yeah. Like, for a long time, there's been, like, a need. I guess maybe they might think that, like, well, we'll man the wall anyway, or it'll at least be, like, a boot camp for, you know, wayward souls. I don't don't (laughs) know if you need the Night's Watch anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Especially now that the wildlings are... Not a threat, you know? Yeah. It would, well, maybe he goes up there to keep the peace with Torment. I mean, that was my, like, Hollywood ending we talked about. Yeah. John's like, peace, I'm going true north. Yeah. Gotta go find Ghost. I mean... I didn't pat him by. Also, like, that's the only person he's ever, like... His only love, now that Danny's kind of cuckoo... Yeah. Is... Was a wildling. Yeah. He's got ties up there. And, I mean, Torment said, pretty much, like, come rule us. Yeah, you, you, you are a true <laughs> Northman. Yeah. Like, why don't you just extend the definition of the North right. to, like, all the way up? Right. Uh, I was also talking to someone at work. Do you think that they have winters anymore? Well, I don't know. So, like, when I started the series and I started reading, uh, you know, A History of Ice and Fire, it was kind of described as, like, a, in this universe we have winters that last years and summers right. that last years and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't. I never got like the full definition of that. And I was like, is that because of the Night King, or is that just like the Earth y'all live on? Right. Like I don't know. So I don't. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't. I, I want to see Winterfell again. Yeah. Months after, or weeks after the Night King has died, is there like grass now? Yeah. Like I want. I'm curious. I don't know. So I don't know how to answer your question until I see fucking Winterfell. I mean, it's it's interesting to me, especially in a place where like where the Dothraki live, in the the, the grass sea. It's, like, all around, like, Vice to Rock. It's all grass all the time. Right. It's just plains always. Right. And by Slaver's Bay, it's always desert. Right. And there's just sand and desert. And then, in like, the Sea of the North, it's always frozen over. Right. So. And, like, down south, it's always desert. Right. In Dorne. And so, I'm, I'm curious to know if, like, you know, because the conversation I had at work, it's, like, they have, like, an old, like, Greek and Roman mythology understanding of seasons where it's, like, Oh, well, winter comes because the Night King comes to take the babe from Craster. Right. Like, that's that's why it gets cold up north. Right. Uh, but it's it's just, it's interesting because there's, like, to, to, like the, the way of life up north will change. And, like, maybe the new seat of power is actually Winterfell. Now that there's no, like, winter yeah. that encroaches on them, it's like, yes, it's war-torn, but, like, not nearly as bad as the south. Like, the Riverlands, which have had the Bannermen and the Lannisters... Like, basically murdering people who aren't, like, heavily aligned one way or the other. And same with, like, Rob Stark's old company. Like, killing everyone who lived between King's Landing and Winterfell who didn't, like, immediately pledge their allegiance. 
Yeah, and that I mean, those are probably my two like top picks for where the seat of power is: is Winterfell or uh, House Baratheon, uh, Storm's End. Yeah, um, which would also be kind of like callback, full circle. Yeah, Baratheon's in charge, kind of thing. Yeah, um, if Gendry was to end up right there. Oh man, if Gendry sits on the Iron Throne at the end, that'd be crazy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it, that's that's also kind of why I want it to go like fully broken wheel, even like not even including Danny or John in the conversation, right? Because like we've seen or heard of each of the major houses getting promised away to people who aren't in the traditional seat. Yeah, and it, it's like it's a younger generation, or like it is a new class of people. It's not the elite. It's not the uh, super rich. And it's not always like the like the pure blooded descendants. Right. It's like Sansa's in Winterfell. Sansa or Bran, I don't know which one of them, but maybe both of them are like wardens of the North. You've got like Robin Aaron and like Jan Royce in the Vale. Yeah. I guess they're kind of old and landed, but you know, they kind of said fuck yeah, off I'm with all this. I'm curious with that character because I don't I don't think he can be like a savior because he was just betrayed as such a petulant little shit. Right. But I mean, um, who's like just like wanted to see people go out the the moon door? Yeah, yeah, like that's fun. But then, like, if you've got like Gendry showing up to represent the Stormlands, and I don't know, fuck, maybe Arya's got the Riverlands. Yeah, and or maybe Arya takes Vale, or I don't know. Yeah, something crazy. Bronn is hanging out. Maybe Bran takes Winterfell, and Sansa takes the Vale because that maybe. was Littlefinger, and she did have time over there, right? And you've got this new unnamed Dornish prince who's apparently, I mean. Like, they've mentioned him. Yeah. If all of them show up and go, like, all right, so, like, fuck the monarchy. Yeah. All of us know how bad it is. Even even if you're Robin and Jan, you go, like, well, my mom died, my dad died, my new dad died, I had a sister who I was supposed to marry, but then she left, and, like, I wanted to kill this guy for betraying them, but then he wasn't the right guy. Like, his world's been turned upside down a little bit. Who's the overlord for the Aarons? For the Vale? Were they Robin. They're, they're one of the seven? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that could be a fun, like, ending if we're, like, sitting here trying to write shitty Game of Thrones. It's like, there's a council of seven at the end, and yeah. it's like, you know, Gendry and Sansa and Arya. <laughs> Instead of, I just, the whole time, I was listening to you. I was thinking, <laughs> Westerosi, the new class, like Degrassi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got Bran in the wheelchair already? <laughs> They didn't even need the school shooting to put him in a wheelchair. But Yara... That's a, that's a comment about the TV show, not about school shootings. Right. I just want to make that clear to everyone who's not familiar with Degrassi. Although Yara wouldn't be, because Iron Islands are under... The North, yeah. Okay. But... So, I don't know. That'd be, that'd be fun. I like the idea of, like, a, a high council and no, no ruler. Yeah. I mean, I'm not patting myself on the back, but I've been talking about how, like... Get rid of the monarchy. Tyrion has been talking about, like... That's what Varys wanted to, kind of. Like, I mean, hey, the way that the Iron Islands do it with the King's Moon is actually pretty cool, and, like, has talked about it. Yeah. Like, this democracy thing, like, is pretty neat. Right. If you actually think about it, and they choose the person who's right to rule. And they did the same with John, with King in the North, you know? Right. They chose him. He's like, that's fucking cool. Yeah. You know, don't just become a leader because you're the strongest in the room or the smartest in the room. Nightwatch, same thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean... Because it sounds like Westeros has been ruled by people who were an A in one category yeah. that makes you suitable to rule, but a D in every other category. Right. And he's like, but what about all the solid B plus, A minus in every category? Right. Why did they get overlooked because they're not an A plus in, like, sure. power? Yeah. I don't know. But it'll be interesting. I'm excited to 
see the episode. Also excited to meet with you because I don't know how much we're going to be able to talk about it. I guess we'll we'll probably do uh, uh, just more of like a retrospective next time we meet to talk Game of Thrones. Yeah. It'll be uh, fun though. Yeah. Try and see if we can maybe drag David over here too if he wants to partake in that fun. Yeah. Um, I know we can't get breezy but that's just a poor that's just unfortunate schedule. Yep. Um, it happens. But Anything else you want to say about this episode? I don't think so, man. It was good. Yeah. I liked it. My second favorite of the season. Mine too. After two. Yeah. Yeah. And then for me after that, it's just kind of like, well, whatever. For me it goes... I I would have four last, and then three and one are pretty close. Yeah. For me it goes two, five, then the field. Yeah. Kind of irrelevant to me. But anyway, thanks for joining us today. This has been Talkie Talk, podcastmediabias.com. You can find us on Facebook at Movies Bias, TV Bias, Games Bias, and like our page, The Media Bias, there. You can send us an email, TheMediaBias at gmail.com, or tweet at us at TheMediaBias on Twitter. You can also find us on your favorite pod snatching app and give us a rating, uh, four stars, five stars, one star, if you kind of hate how we talk about Game of Thrones, but we won't be doing it much longer. Um, and just, you know, send us some love. Yeah. I want to give a special thanks yeah. to... Uh, TJ for the intro, and then the Willow Walkers for the intro music. Yeah. And then Burifa for the outro. Thanks, Burifa, is what TJ normally says. Burifa! Bye, everybody. Bye. Kicking rocks down old dusty roads. Small town slowpokes long time ago. Kicking out records of all the things that I know All 